name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. So, back when Willis Logan was here, I don't know if you remember Willis Logan, but he and I started at the same time, and he got um, our family hooked on those meal boxes, um, you know, that you get delivered every week. He got some delivered to our house. We were kind of skeptical and hated it, and then we were like totally hooked. So, We've been hooked since then, and this week our box came with um, all kinds of things on top of it. Zarg nut bites and galaxy greens and galactic beef melts, and I was like, what is going on? I did not order these things. But it actually cued me in that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is coming out this week, just in case you've been waiting for that since the Super Bowl announced it. <laughs> I am actually a Marvels fan. I have been... Like, my senior project in high school was on Ray Bradbury and Mars. Um, I waited in line four hours for the first Star Wars. I am that old. I drove my own car there, just saying, so that you know. I have kind of been hooked on all things um, extraterrestrial and galactic since then. But what I particularly love about the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise is that these are blatantly, blatantly self-centered characters who kind of come together as form this like weirdo family of outlaws, and then they do good despite themselves. Like they're not really trying to do good, it just kind of comes through them. I mean, the main character, Peter Quill, who is Star-Lord, this is more than you wanted to know, but his dad's name is Ego, and he's fighting death. I mean, really, this could be a seminar in um, seminary, but I never got that in seminary. But everything I learned about science fiction, actually, was more when one day, rainy day in Seattle, we had nowhere to go and it was pouring on us, so we popped into this museum called the Science Fiction and Horror Hall of Fame in Seattle just to get out of the rain. But what this museum shows is how our human fears about the future are projected onto other planets and species and times and places so that we can wrestle them openly without kind of having to think about, well, that's not possible, you can't do that. So we project all of this and you can track it through history, it's super interesting. It would take an event in history and then track how our arts follow that, trying to work through like this future and our anxiety and our fears about it. Uh, for instance, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in 1818 showed kind of this hyper-religious Victorian anxiety about the expansion of science without any kind of moral context. Or next to that, you can put Huxley's Brave New World, if you ever had to study that, in 1932. Think about the timing of that. 1932, it's sounding the alarm of an all-powerful state. 2001, a space odyssey, worried about whether or not we can trust the machines that we are putting our lives in control of. Think about that one. Um, so you get the picture, history, and then these things come out to try and help us grapple with that. So right now, a lot of the movies of the last 10 years have been about like, what is going on? What is going on? This random existence in the galaxy, who's in charge, who is um, who, is who, and how, how do I live into this random existence? So that is what part of this Guardians of the Galaxy, a lot of that language around we need a guide, right? So the emotion of anxiety about what we're projecting here, about the fears that we're facing in our future, are very real for us every single day. That's part of being human. Dr. Brene Brown defines anxiety as a place we go when things are uncertain or just too much or overwhelming. 
Like what will happen tomorrow or next month or next year? Do I have what it takes to do that? What will I do if X happens? How will I respond? If I only think hard enough, prepare well enough, I can prevent that. We believe that worrying maybe is doing something about that future, but it looms out there, unknown, uncertain, and we feel a little terrorized by it. But the worry can actually sap you of all the strength and energy that you may need tomorrow to face that future. So a wise friend of mine said, the future is only a problem when it's the future. Think about that for a second. When it becomes the present, it doesn't seem so bad. So the future is terrorizing because we cannot wrap our minds around it. And that's why we do these things like project. This human experience is also based on our memories of suffering. So we take what's happened to us in the past and we try and say, okay, that was terrible. I don't want to feel that again. How can I prevent that? Tomorrow is not always a friendly place based on what might have happened to you before because we've all suffered. We've all had suffering in our lives, things that have made us feel a little untethered, a big um, a speed bump in our life, something that we went over that made us feel like we were not grounded. Oncologist Dr. Rachel Naomi Remen, who's one of my favorite authors, uh, wrote in her book, My Grandfather's Blessings, uh, the story of a woman named Mary. Uh, when Mary's son was diagnosed with cancer, she was so bereft, she ran through their house howling, 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 her outrage to her neighborhood. She was opening up all of the windows and all of the doors and just howling out the windows. Her husband was just so distraught by this that he was chasing her with their phone, saying, Mary, Mary, I have our therapist on the phone. And she turned around and screamed at him, hey, Harry, you talk to the therapist. I am talking to God right now. So think about that, that just howling like, God, what? Mary could not imagine how she could live with her son's diagnosis, and she needed God to know it. What are you doing, God? So what anxieties are you suffering from today about this future that you cannot control? What do you see that cannot be contemplated, cannot be accepted in your mind and your own way of dealing with things. You know, money can be a really common source of anxiety. Will I have enough? Will I be able to do what we need to do? Big transitions that loom in the future can overtake our thoughts. Being worried about our children and what's gonna happen to them. Depression can make any kind of future unfathomable. We worry about those in our lives and what is happening to them. Like Mary, we want to know if God hears us and if he's there for us. Our troubles seem larger than life. Who is in charge of this seemingly random universe? We rarely get a chance to hear scripture on Sunday from the books of Peter. But today we have a brilliant passage that speaks into our fears and our anxieties and our suffering. You know, Peter is writing to the Gentile Christians about placing their suffering, taking that suffering, and placing it into a brand new story, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know what grabbed me about this text is the very last line. It says, for you were going astray like sheep. 
but now have returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your souls. So like many passages in the Bible about Jesus, this one speaks about Jesus as shepherd. And kind of like our children's sermon today that Josh had, but unless you have sheep at home, it's really hard to feel the impact of this particular image in our society now. You can even hear the disciples, they don't get it, he has to repeat it. But we can totally understand going astray, feeling astray, not a part of, not belonging. I feel astray when my fears are louder than my faith. When I'm focusing only on how I am going to solve my problems, not on how I can trust Christ to guide me. St. Peter tells us that Christ is the guardian of our souls. So what does that mean? Can I believe that? So when I think of this passage, I actually think of a bodyguard. It seems a little bit easier for me. A bodyguard's job is to be on the lookout for trouble and keep you safe. You know, they have the things in their ears, they're hearing other things, and they're knowing what's going on with you far beyond what you know. So when you're suffering, we wonder why Christ has let us down, why our trouble wasn't prevented. But we are truly unaware of the magnitude of what is truly going on in the world. We are living in God's world instead of God living in our world. As the guardian of our souls, God came to us as Jesus Christ and took the proverbial bullet for us on the cross. Suffer the pains of our sins by jumping in front of that and taking that bullet. When we have gone astray, our shepherd guards us day and night. So St. Peter was an eyewitness to the death and resurrection of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit in the human heart. He promises us that Christ is the guardian of our souls. The creator of the universe has you in mind and is guarding your heart and mind. The image may not help you. This image that I've had may not help you with this idea, but it's really helped me this week, so I'm gonna share it with you. That God has parted the Red Sea of your life. Just think of that tall columns of water. Parted the Red Sea, the power that is available in that. And we are just walking through. Now, does that mean that that path is free of suffering, free of things that will trip over? No, but look what God is doing. We're unaware of the great power that Christ Jesus is exerting at this very moment to save you. You know, in Alcoholics Anonymous, they say either God is or God isn't. Which is it to be? There is no middle ground for the guardian of your soul. God is your guardian. So back to Mary, the mother who was screaming at God through the windows and the doors. After the death of her son, Mary was numb for many months, inconsolable. One morning she found herself walking into a church and was drawn to the Christ on the cross. She realized she was not alone in her suffering. Jesus suffered for her and with her. She says, someone somehow knowing that there was no expectation of not suffering, she felt understood and heard. 
She told Dr. Remen she will always miss her son. But she knows he is with God who suffered for us and was with us in Jesus Christ. That her son has a guardian of his soul and so does she. Her future is secure in Christ. So as we walk through our lives, there are reasons to worry and have anxiety. I'm not saying that there are not. It's part of being human. And if you were alone, that would be unfathomable. But you are not facing the future alone. You have turned toward the shepherd and the guardian of your soul, who has gone into your future ahead of you. The true guardian of the galaxy is not a fictional character, but Jesus Christ, who lived, died, was resurrected, and will come again. This is both the fact and the mystery of our faith. Through Christ you are forgiven and loved. You have a soul guardian. Amen.